So many Jews around the world are searching for a daily learning program that will bring them meaning and allow them to accomplish real learning in a reasonable amount of time. Hey everybody, my name is Ruben Spolter. I live in Israel in Yad Vinyamit. And for a number of years, for many years, I've been teaching daily Mishnah and what's called the Mishnah Yomit program over YouTube. Mishnah is a wonderful way to have daily learning. It includes all of the knowledge of Shas. It's compact. You can cover it in a reasonable amount of time. If you fall behind, which happens to all of us, you can catch up pretty easily. And really, Mishnah is an incredible source of knowledge for, for Jewish wisdom. It's the, the source text of everything about Tarash Balper oral tradition. So I invite you to join me in this incredible project. So many people have reached out from around the world. We've had hundreds of thousands of views, hundreds if not thousands of participants. Make Mishnah Yomi daily learning a part of your life. The sages tell us the Gemara Nida, Tana Debe Eliyahu. They taught in the house of Eliyahu. Kol b'chol yom, Anyone who studies Shoneh, who repeats Halachot every day, it's a promise that he is a Ben Olam Haba. So first, I just want to point out two things. Halachot, Rashi says, Mishnah Ubraita Halacha Moshe Misinai. Really, in their times, Halacha was Mishnah. And he focuses on B'chol Yom, every day. Someone who studies every day, we promise, he's promised to be a person, a Ben Olam Abba, a person who has a portion of the world to come because I believe it's obvious. A person who studies Mishnah every day, he brings spirituality and meaning into his life on a daily basis. I invite you to join me in this Mishnah project. We have a website, a WhatsApp group, a Telegram channel. There are so many ways for you to join and be part of daily learning together as we learn Mishnah Yomit. Make it a great day. everybody, welcome to another edition of RZ Weekly, our weekly podcast about religious Zionism, modern orthodoxy, and this week we're going to talk about um, a hot-button issue, a very important issue in the Jewish, in the Jewish world. I'm here with Harabinit Malibrovsky. Hello, Harabinit Malibrovsky. Hello, how are you? I'm Baruch Hashem, I'm very well. We're a man down. Uh, Rabbi Johnny Solomon was not able to join us uh, on such a short notice. It's actually winter vacation time, we were going to take a week off, but then uh, I, I think events took on a... Um, Took on a uh, like took took on a role in their own. How you want to say it? Um, and uh, we felt very strongly. Uh, those of you who are listeners of ours know that uh, Molly is a licensed social worker and deals in these issues on a daily basis. And we've we've been feeling very strongly that all of us, whether you're a parent, you're an educator, you know, we all in whatever roles we have, we watch the news. We know what happened. We're talking obviously about the Chaim Walder story. We're not going to go ahead and introduce the facts because you've all read them and seen them in your Facebook feeds and in your and in your what have you. Uh, and there's no need to rehash the facts as it as it were. Uh, but what we do need to rehash is, or to not rehash, to hash or to discuss is how are we supposed to talk about this? You know, it, it goes to the heart of parenting and educating. We're talking about books that. I don't have Chaim Walder books. It's not, not, not my bailiwick. Molly, do you have Chaim Walder books? No, in your house? I don't. And I, I, 
and maybe this is not the time to say it, but I find it interesting that my kids were, I, somebody wrote a Times News Post where they said this, but I found it interesting for myself. My kids did not respond well to those books. They found something too, like, the, the stories were, were, were too intense and too trauma-based. Like, they, they had a very negative reaction to the books. Like, they, they never felt comfortable with them, which I find so, somewhat interesting. So I, I, I really, like, to me, like, this was not a personal... Meaning, I should also say, though, on from my home, it wasn't personal, but... Um, my daughter came home. There was a lot of conversation. She's in high school, my youngest, and there's ninth grade. There's mm. a lot of conversation. So, like, even for a family, all right. So let, let's start from exactly, there. Exactly. Right? right. Let's even start for from family there. Where we're, we're not personally affected. Right. It's not for me personal. It's not personally for me but either. It's because in our communities and all of our children oh. are grappling, and they're all having conversations. So it is definitely okay. So we have a lot to un- a lot yeah. to unpack. We have a person who was a valued, probably the highest, one of the high, most respected people in the area of therapy and child therapy in his community, who who abused that position in order to sexually molest and harass women and children. By the way, I want to say another thing about that, which I wasn't planning on saying, but since you raised it, he was not a licensed therapist. And maybe that, I wasn't planning on saying that, but it Hmm. is one of my um, issues that I feel very strongly about, which is people who, who put themselves up as experts when they aren't actually... Um, appropriately licensed or educated. And that is something that people should be aware of. It's First of all, it could be a yellow flag, but even if it's not a yellow flag, be careful. If someone's not licensed, um, be careful about the advice that they're giving you. They're, if they're not properly trained, they, they can do damage. And just be aware of um, professionalism when it comes to... Um, these t- interactions where you're talking about issues of a very, very sensitive nature. Well, I would say that not, not in that way, to, not, not in the way of like bad advice per se, but you have a code of conduct and a code of ethic, ethics and someone who's a professional is supposed to also have a therapist and a, and a mentor and an advisor that they can turn to who will sort of balance them. And I think that's something that you, that you can't overlook. You know, somebody who's just like hangs out a shingle because they're a rabbi, an author. Also, correct. They don't have correct. that framework, correct. But I I'm think, also. also. There, there, we have a lot of instincts as humans to give certain types of advice. And when you're trained, you find out that that's not necessarily the most helpful thing to do. And uh, yeah. in especially in our community where we do see a lot, there's a lot of reverence for a lot of um, people in a lot of areas of authority. And I would never take that away and rabbanim and teachers. But I, I, I think it really is an important point to make, which is please be aware of professionalism. Please be aware that like areas of psychology, areas of mental health, turn to mental health professionals, you know, accredited mental health professionals. Because some, because and I'm, again, I'm not saying that people who are doing this are bad people. I'm saying that they could have the best of intentions and it could not be healthy. So it's, it's a I, w- really I would say it the point. other way too. If you're a teacher or an educator, yes. and mm-hmm. you know you have to also your, we, we spoke we yes. spoke about this in mm-hmm. rabbinic conferences all the time. Yes, know your limits exactly. You know, and, I always said said to rabbinic colleagues one meeting, and if you if they're coming back to you for the same thing, you say this is I'm happy to be there as a as a as a spiritual advisor. But here are three names, you know, and many rabbis are very good at that yeah, and uh, exactly. develop uh, It's great really important. And teachers, teachers in seminaries, know your limits, know your boundaries. Consult when you have a question. Speak to the professional. Um, as you're saying, know when it's in your, uh, you know, wheelhouse, as they say these days, when it's it needs to be referred out. Um, know what, again, know when you need to be asking how to respond appropriately. It's so, so important. Yeah. 
which okay, isn't even something we're going to talk about, but it's, to, it, was a, yeah. it was worth saying. <laughs> let's turn to the let's turn to the to the yeah. issue of the parents. We have someone who abused his position. Mm -hmm. Now I'm a parent. My child needs therapy, or my child my child forget doesn't need yeah. therapy. How, how do we how do we address the idea of children? not knowing how to re react to people in authority. Mm -hmm. It seems to me, and we're going to talk about this later, everyone now is suspect, like every teacher, mm -hmm. like, you know, can I go sit with my teacher alone in the classroom? Mm -hmm. I'm sent to the principal's office. I'm a parent. Should I be worried that my child has a beautiful, wonderful, close relationship with her Ramit? You know, like yeah. all these things mm -hmm. are now, we're now beginning to wonder, Molly, what, what do we do? Okay. Like, uh, what, give me some guidelines that you've been thinking about. Uh, and pa for parents to, to, to sort of give a framework for their concerns and also for them to give guidance to their children. Okay, so there are a lot of questions that you said in that kind of one, you know, <laughs> introduction. So let's like break it down to different pieces. But, you know, if there's something I don't address, come back to it and remind me. So first of all, you know, it all depends on the age of the kid, right? Like you, you could be talking about a six-year-old or an eight-year-old, a 10-year-old, or you said there's a larger issue with my 18-year-old who's in uh, yeshiva or in machina, and there's that area of trust. But the, the first thing that I think is like, is, is ha we should be talking to our kids now. We should be talking to our kids. Our kids are all um, traumatized, vicariously traumatized, uh, dealing with this. They all have questions. So I think we should be talking to our kids for two reasons. One is um, because we should be helping them process their feelings and their emotions around this. And the way that we do that is by being really there for them, empathetic, um, non-judgmental, listening, opening up those conversations. Here oh, wait, wait. I just want to stop you because yeah. like I'm the parent now. So mm -hmm. my daughter just came home and like... Yeah. Uh, you know, like you said, the, my daughter is not going to bring it up and say, hey, the kids were talking about this guy that killed himself. Mm -hmm. So like, OK, like I'm my, my, my you know, I'm your son. I just came home. Yeah. I'm sitting here eating lunch. Yeah. What, what, what are you okay. saying to me as a parent? So the first thing I'm saying to you as a parent is, is take care of your own feelings, which means spend some time with yourself processing your own. Con we're all confused. This is a very confusing e event and our emotions are very are, are, are we're really like all our buttons are pressed and 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 we're all experiencing a certain degree of cognitive dissonance because we're having emotions and we don't understand how they fit in with our feelings right or, or with our thoughts right it's like wait what, what you know like somebody committed suicide and then I feel bad for them but I shouldn't feel bad for him because he's a bad person and and but but I do and I'm confused myself and I liked his books and I brought the books into the house and who do I trust? We've all, all of us as adults are also grappling and make space for like, you're also having a hard time as, as a parent and give some space to that as well. And whether that means sitting with it for, with yourself, processing it with somebody close to you, processing it with somebody that you trust, processing it with somebody you trust who's a professional, you know, like put on your own oxygen mask before you can give your kid to put on your kids like they say on the airplane. Like, oh, I like that. Masha. Yeah, that's mamash. Nice. And it's okay. okay. Yeah. So that's the point one. Uh, now point two. Great. Right? Right. I know me. I'm not doing that. I mean, okay. like I mean to do that. Right. I, I mean to okay, do that. I, I would just, recommend I that you do it, do it at least a little if you're not going to do it a lot. And you know what? You say you're not, you're not doing that, but you I, are doing that because, I, we're, yeah, you know, maybe like even having this conversation a little bit is doing that. Right. Like, wait, what? what Fair enough. So now my daughter is now sitting daughter there. She's home. eating her pasta. Okay, you She's eating her so pasta. We're sitting at the kitchen and table. You say, and you open up the conversation and you say, um, by the way, this is also an important rule of thumb in general when you're talking about. Stop interrupting yourself. Open the conversation. Oh, okay. No, but I want to say this because basically the rules are different stages um, get different levels of, you know, 
um, how direct you want to be. A, oh. B, well, I'll make three rules. B, um, I forgot what my B was going to be. So I'll just give me a second. C. Okay. C is this is an ongoing conversation, right? This is not one conversation. And that's also true about all, conver- you know, rule of thumb about questions about sexuality and healthy sexuality, abuse, and also healthy sexuality. It's not the talk. We all think it's the talk. There isn't the talk, right? It's an ongoing conversation that you have with your kids and it's going to change as they grow, right? What you say to your kids, again, about healthy sexuality and about, you know, keeping yourself safe, you'll say something when they're four and you'll say something when they're six and you'll say something when they're 12 and you'll say something when they're 18. And and if they know mm-hmm. that it's an ongoing conversation, that's a much healthier way to have that conversation. And and this and that leads into I remember, remember what B was. If you so you if you have an ongoing conversation, then there's obviously more of an opening to be, to begin to discuss this. Yeah. But let's assume okay, again, right. take me back. We're sitting in my kitchen. Okay. okay so rule I'm B my, is also so rule B is that you. you oh, you got to be. Yeah, okay. I found B. B is that you really let the child lead how far they want to go, what they're ready to talk about, what they're not ready to talk about. You're open to talking about anything, but you can get a sense from a kid very quickly about what's their concern you know, what they don't need to talk about, right? It's like, again, if you're talking, and I don't want to mix healthy and unhealthy sexuality, but just it's always easier to use examples in healthy sexuality, right? When you're talking, how are babies made, right? When the kid's four, and if you start being explicit, and they go, I don't know, I just meant like, you know, how are babies made? And you say, well, mommy and daddy love each other very much. And, um, you know, they, and they made a baby. And they had a baby. And they're like, thank you, that's enough. You know that that's enough. <laughs> they don't need more than that at that stage. If they... When they do, they'll keep asking the question, right? So, like, no. If they that, feel safe enough to if ask they, it. Exactly. If you've created an environment of safety and of trust and of, um, like, like you, unconditional acceptance and validation for their feelings and that you're there to hear them and that you know that your job is to keep them safe and they know that, that their job is to keep you safe. Okay, so what do you say? Yeah? Literally. Literally. Hi. Um, you know, you, 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 it depends out. I, I would be really direct. Like, you know, like, I, you, you know, this story about Chaim Walder? Like, do, do, have you heard anything about it? Are the kids talking about it? Um, how do you feel about it? Do, do you have any questions? Um, h- how do you feel? Just say, like, come out and like, okay, yeah. I heard, did you hear about yeah, this? I mean, if and you, they say, and they'll say to you, no, no, who's Chaim Walder? I mean, maybe they maybe will, maybe they won't. Okay, like your older kids will not say that. They, your older kids will not say that. But I'm I'm so curious when I talk. I have a, you know, Baruch Hashem, I have an 11 year old. I'm I'm I need to have that conversation. Somebody does, but right. I'm curious what she'd say. Okay, okay so now she but, says, yeah. She, or, or I heard about him. I heard about. Wait, I want to say one other thing because I was going to say there are two things. One is to let the kids really process their feelings and be with them wherever they are. But the second thing is. Wait, what does that mean? I'm I'm, I'm not a psychologist. What does that mean? What does that mean? Um. Yeah, they're, it's, you know, it's, my kid comes home and just spills. So she's like, yeah, they were talking about the suicide. And m- one girl said this and one girl said that. And my teacher said this. But I felt this way. Oh, t- tell me how you feel. And wow. And that must have been really hard. A lot of empathy, a lot of reflection, um, a lot of validation. Right. Um, and then and this was the part. I mean, it's OK to say, yeah, it's like 
really hard to hear about that. Yeah. Like, meaning share like how you're yeah, feeling about yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Reflect, empathize, validate their feelings. But the second part that I was going to say is it's also this is really an opportunity to teach them about safety. And it's really an opportunity to talk about subjects that we have to talk about that are hard to talk about. So I think we should take this opportunity to talk about safety. Right. And again, because suicide is part of the story, it's maybe also an opportunity to say something to, to our kids about suicide. Um, and so the next question is, well, what do you say? Right. And so when well, let's talk about let's, let's divide that into two. Right. Okay. So, sa so safety. safety. Right. You it's go over the rules safety. of safety. Right. Um, so there's so much resources for people for like, how do you talk to your kids about this? I can even recommend. Right, but the resource things. we have now is Molly. Fine. So I will tell you, do. I'm just saying like, again, yes, this is, you know, this is an area that I deal with, but like there are people who this is my mosh, what they do. And they are like, you know, they're, they're like, um, they've, they, they, they have PowerPoints online and cards with, with, um, I'm thinking about Rachel Bayer, who has a group. She she has an, her whole organization is kids safety, and she does training for parents, she does training for camps, she does training for schools, um, and she's got like resources online with like opening questions and literally sentences for how to say this stuff. Um, so mm -hmm. I, you know, I would say like there's 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 really so just uh, Google Rachel Bayer. Yeah, I can I can put the link, but I'm just saying like if I would. No, no it's fine. It's okay. You no, know, but like Google Rachel Bayer. Yeah, if you want to know. Y-E-R? Yeah. We'll do it as you're talking anyway. Yeah, you Google her. Google her. The Bayer Group is the name of her company. But you talk about secrets, good secrets and bad secrets. Good secrets are secrets that eventually are revealed. Like it's going to be Ima's birthday party and the family's making her a surprise, right? That's a good secret. Eventually it'll be revealed. Bad secrets are you're not allowed to tell anybody ever. Right. You talk about, obviously, if anybody ever touches you in any place that makes you uncomfortable. Right. Um, what, what places are that? Talking about a small child, any place covered by a bathing suit. Right. Or, you know, anywhere mm. else on your body that that you're not comfortable with the way that touch felt. You come and you tell me you come and you talk to a safe adult. I will always be here. I will always listen. I will always believe you. Right. And I will always listen um, with with um, with 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 a sense of love and caring and my job is to keep you is to keep you safe and if anybody tells you if anybody ever tells you because this is a, a typical um um tactic of predators don't tell your parent because i will kill them that's literally what they tell kids i will kill your mm -hmm. parent if you tell them now you say this to the child no you don't say that you don't say that to the child but what you say to the child okay, is like whoa yeah no 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 but you know that you know that for yourself <laughs> anybody tries to kill me right. just let me know <laughs> no but you say to the child maybe you do want it depends on the kid's relationship but but i'm saying you don't have to say that i'm not i'm not advocating traumatizing your child um i but i am saying uh, so this is my question so what you say is if anybody even if anybody says something that sounds scary or threatening Right. I promise you, you tell a safe adult um, and and I and I will I will make sure that you're safe and I will make sure that I'm safe. And the best way to keep yourself safe is to come and tell me or to, or to go and tell an adult that you trust. You tell them that straight out. So I, let, yeah. let's go back. I understand that. So I'm just worried about. You know, like all of this is prevalent. The kids talk about it because mm -hmm. this is the world in which we live. You know, mm -hmm. this is the world of social media in which we live and heightened media and everybody knows everything and you know eight-year-olds have whatsapp groups i you know how how do you talk about this without traumatizing uh children from having healthy relationships with safe wonderful mm -hmm. adults mm -hmm. okay Th that, that was yes. i guess the second part yes. of my question okay so that's meaning 
oh, my teacher came and want to have a talk with her, but I didn't feel comfortable or I don't know, you know, if I, that was okay. So I decided like, I'm, I didn't want to, you know, and those are like, I have to say, like I, as a child, I needed those relationships mm-hmm. and, okay. and yes. they were critical yes. to my, they're critical mm-hmm. to any, yeah. any development. Mm-hmm. And like, it's really interesting. Like, I mean, it was safe and everything when I, when I was a child, you know, I'm, I'm not hiding this. My mother, uh, my, my father passed away when I was young. I had some anger issues as one might, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm still working them out, working on them. And my mother realized she couldn't do it on her own. And she arranged that I was like sort of like adopted by a family in the community where they just like invited me for dinner and took me on their family things. And like without my really understanding what was happening, this guy happened to have been a therapist. And he became like a male role model. Mm-hmm. Like I think he was like a chazan. So they were like, <laughs> my mother kind of said, she's like, you, you know, he's going to give you bar mitzvah lessons. I was like nine. But mm-hmm. it, somehow that I bought that. And it was critical for me. And there, that's something that many children need. Either it happens because parents engineer it or a child goes to shul and the gabai of the shul is a wonderful man. You know what I'm saying? And, and like, or he goes to a shir. Like it, it happens around the world, and I'm. I just fear like. Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna so we're gonna not, scare our kids right, 100%. from having that. And so part of that conversation is also most people in the world are good, right? And most people in the world, you can trust. Or 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 but 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 one thing about so that. I was second. I feel. I'll explain my question. I just I I use my a very question. loaded word, right? Trust. Trust has to be earned. And trust, you, you you have to build with somebody. And the person has to, you have to feel safe with that person. And you don't reveal more than you feel comfortable, comfortable, comfortable revealing until a person has earned your trust. Wait, wait, wait. Now, let's, let's go back. Let's one go second. Back so what second. you say I... to a kid is, first of all, I think this is also part of this larger conversation about communities, right? Which is we have to have safety plans implemented in our schools, in our schools, in our um, any type of a community environment, there have to be rules, right? And and you have to know what those rules are, so that your kid, you can, you can also teach them to your kids. And again, there are books. There are now books, even the Haredi books, with little Haredi kids that talk about safety. And again, the message is: there's a lot of wonderful people in the world. And we should have healthy relationships, but we have to know where the boundaries are to keep ourselves safe. We have to know what's okay and what's not okay, right? Or so, for example, um, if anybody ever says to you, "Come into my car," right? Or because, or or I know your parent, right? I'm just going to drive you home. You can say to your kid, "Here's the rule." What you can say is, "I I have to ask my parent first whether that's okay." So I cannot mm-hmm. get into a car. I cannot come to your house. I cannot walk home with you until I check with my parent whether that's okay, right? And then you've given your kid the tool, right, to to know how to handle that situation. Yeah, or, but that's an easy one. Some strange man, no, even a non-strange man, man. even not a strange man. I agree with you. Not a strange man because Rina told me, and you told me this, like some yes, large the, percentage the of, of things happen. The majority of abusers are people that you know. It's in the nineties. Right. Okay. So in the the, you can say even not a strange man, you don't get into cars with people without my permission. Keep, I, I, I'm, I'm totally you, up you on that. You keep the laws of Yichud. But what about your? You keep the laws about, of Yichud. Okay. You, nev- what about teachers? What about, what about teachers? You know what I'm teachers? Female okay. teachers. Teacher. You know, a, okay. A, a girl yes. with a female teacher yes. is 100 percent within the laws of Yichud. Okay. Teachers should not be alone with in students within locked rooms, closed rooms, rooms that don't have access, and those rooms should have windows. And and those windows should be open. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm thinking about 
um, institution. So anybody could walk by anybody and see. Can, anybody can, can always by. see at any moment. So you can have a private mm-hmm. conversation and you could be, the door is closed, but there is a sh- window shade and it's open. Oh, but then she'll be crying. People will see. I don't care. There has to be a window into every room at all times. That okay. And that has to be a, meaning these, these are part of the conversations that institutions have to have red lines, right? Um, right. No, you should not be sleeping over one-on-one at a teacher's house. That should not be happening. That just should not be happening, right? Like there are, yeah. there are, there are, there are boundaries that we put in place to keep our kids safe that we know so that we can keep our kids safe, that we teach our kids so that they can keep themselves safe. And so that if we see somebody who's violating those boundaries, we can say, I'm not sure that's a safe person. So you're saying number one, let me just see if I got this. First, take some time with yourself to sort of process it. And I don't know how to process things. That's why I listen to podcasts in order to avoid my thoughts, but okay, process the information. Number two, open a conversation with your kids about how they're feeling and be open to them and understand them. How am I doing so far? Great. Is there a, is there a number three so far? Now, now let's- number three, number three is use this as an opportunity to teach them about safety, to teach them about safety and boundaries. And by the way, another thing you say to your kids, if you ever feel uncomfortable, you trust your gut. That is a big one. Right. It, Wasn't that your creeper meter? Wasn't that, yes. You, uh, yeah, I love the creeper meter. The creeper meter is a really important thing, and that's ready for older people. Right. Th- that person said something, and like maybe I'm overreacting. If your creeper meter is going out, trust your creeper meter. And kids have creeper meters too. And right. and and by the way, and, and this is a conversation. I don't know how much we're going to go get into it, but like, be mindful of the things that you say. And and different people might have different places. This is where I don't know if we're going to get into it, but different people have different places about this. Like. Uh, uh, grandpa just wants to give you a hug and a kiss it's you know what's wrong it doesn't matter you know let him do it if you're if your kid's not comfortable let your kid have autonomy over their boundary uh, over their body and what's comfortable uncle Uncle joe can do without the hug and kiss no you don't want to kiss uncle joe you do not have to kiss uncle joe nope absolutely you teach your child that that they are allowed to be in touch with what's comfortable and what's not not comfortable and say it and that that will be respected yeah. Okay, we've been talking about parents. Mm-hmm. Would all of these things, I meaning, apply to teachers as well? Now, I'm the teacher in yeah. in a seventh grade mm-hmm. boys class, mm-hmm. and all the boys are, know about this and are talking about it. Mm-hmm. Do I bring it up? Do I do exactly the same That's thing? What have you question. guys heard? Okay, so I think the school as an institution has to think about how they want to handle it, right? Maybe the Yowetsa. Oh, this is clearly not happening. Okay. They don't, the Yowetsa should be coming I mean, into they, the classroom. Absolutely. They're, they're, almost every class, at least in, in uh, that I've encountered, has like a Kishore Chaim class, like a life skills class, or a, yes, th- this should be happening. The, the okay. Yoetzet yes. should it be should having be. these conversations with the students. Absolutely, yes, and they, and trained people. So should then, be you as a teacher should should not be initiating this um, conversation. Again, you should sit with your tzevet. You should sit with your principal and talk about who's going to have this conversation, right? And um, and how's it going to go? Who's going to run it? Is it going to be the OET set? It's probably the best person to run it. If it's not going to be the OET set, and, and, and it's also going to be most of our what, most of our listeners are Anglo's who are uh, okay, in counselor, education institutions. The, the counselor, the the, the school There's psychologist. A counselor in every school? Yes, every, every school, school has yeah, a school okay. psychologist. Every school has a counselor. I think that's true in America and in Israel. So it's probably should be run by that person. Um, maybe that person also gives tips to the mechaneche. Right in, in America, the homeroom teacher, the Rebbe, the the Rebbe about how they should handle things, what to say, what not to say, right? And again, we haven't talked about it yet, but what, 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 like, 
Chaim Walder has managed to t- turn the conversation from his victims to his own suicide. Um, and right Which again is, I like yeah I, I, Molly and I have talked about this yes. for a long time for our yes. listeners we'll break the third wall yeah we don't feel that we want to talk about like Chaim Walder and society we, we wanted to focus this conversation yeah. Yeah. on tips of yes, parents and but, but I do but because so. he did that and again you can clearly tell I have very strong feelings about that but um Yes, suicide is now part of the conversation. It is. Ah, so I wanted to get yes. that as well, yes. right? So we have okay. to. So this is another teachable moment to talk, talk about suicide, and there are a couple of things. I, I spoke about this with a friend of mine. Who this is what she does. This is her job, and she works in a Haredi community, and her job is suicide prevention. So what 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 was her message? Her message. Wait, so let me let me give yeah. let me give the background. Mm-hmm. Like, so I I had brought this up in our conversations. Yes, we do actually talk about the podcast before we get on the podcast. And I feel that Chaim Walder is the second or third in a series of events of prominent people who are who committed suicide and who are facing great problems, like tr- serious problems in their lives. And the way they dealt with it was by taking their own life. Mm-hmm. And we have hashkafic issues, but l- leaving those hashkafic issues aside that maybe we'll come back to in another recording and what that means and how we process that. Children seeing these things legitimately you know there's a, there is a there is a, a phenomenon what is it called a copycat syndrome mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. people you know when prominent people commit suicide statistics and suicide go up yes and i just have this personally i told my i have this terrible fear mm-hmm. that children will now start to yes. see in like in our community suicide is a legitimate way to deal with problems and we have problems mm-hmm. you know we, everybody has problems yes. some okay. worse than others yes. so how do we deal with okay. that what do we do so what again, do we do about that i think we exactly what you're saying which is we focus the conversation on the kid and how we're going to keep our kids safe and therefore what we tell them is um suicide happens suicide often comes with uh, this i'm telling you suicide often comes in a in a with other with other complications right um people who are vulnerable to suicide either have other forms of mental illness or other uh, other again other vulnerabilities in their life okay so sure okay so what you what the things that kids need to know here no, i don't then, think one second, one i don't think a healthy child will okay you know so the will things that kids it, you know? need to know here are what you're saying which is suicide is never an answer right suicide is not an answer um it, it, it can't be an answer to your it, it's not an it's not an answer to problems that that kids need to know. The other thing kids need to know is um, the response. This, and this again, this is golesh to the larger issue, but it also goes to like safety and um, and 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 like how we're going to keep our community safe. It's an important message to say, especially because there are other messages that maybe our kids are hearing from other places. The person who's responsible for Chaim Walder's suicide is Chaim Walder. It was a choice that he made. He did this. This is not, this is, he, he did not, he was not killed by anything else. Wait, one second, I'm going to say the third thing in a no, second. See, you're going to, you're going to a different place. One second, one second. Again, I'm saying there are three, th- there are three things I want kids to hear. I want kids, kids to hear suicide is not an answer. I want people to hear, I want kids to hear Lashon Hara didn't kill Chaim Walder and okay. Halbanas Panem didn't kill Chaim Walder and victim speaking out did not kill Chaim Walder. Suicide killed Chaim Walder and the person who made that decision was Chaim Walder. Okay. And I want kids to hear, and this is a very, really important piece. If you are struggling with any type of um, difficulties, pain, worries, concerns, you're feeling bad, reach out. There is help. And that's a message to kids and that's a message to parents. There are, there is help. There is, there are, there are ways to, to, to 
reach people before they get to the point where suicide again i i this is such a complicated issue so i want you have to be so careful when you talk about suicide and suicidality because a person who is suicidal if, if you know like if they've made that decision it's very hard to stop them but until they get to that place right the, there's so many people out there that can help reach out Reach out. No, I, I understand that. I understand it's complicated. Your, no, but what I'm saying is, tell, my, again, tell my that concern, kid. Tell right, your kids, right. right? No, not that kid. We're talking to tell every your kid child. Now. Tell your child if you're ever feeling sad, if you're ever struggling, please come to me. Please talk to me, and we will find you help. There's a lot of help out there. And if you have a friend, hmm. no, tell that friend that there are so many resources. As you said, every school has a as a psychologist. Every um um. Every moitza has a rivacha. Has everybody has everybody has resources. They're out there. They're available. There, there's help for you. There are hotlines. If you're feeling sad or you're or, or you're you're feeling hopeless, helpless, you're feeling down. Right. And again, those are the words. Suicide is usually associated with hopelessness and helplessness. Right. Mm -hmm. Sad is not a, is not a good word to describe it because suicidality often you're feeling nothing. Right. You're feeling you're, you're just you're not you're not feeling any feelings. This is like a, it's yeah. interesting because the, the Walter case, you, you see exactly you don't see any of that. No, no, it's no. Like a, it's this like was engineered. A, it's like such was, a weird. Yeah, this was a, he, he, he this is a person who could not whatever. It, again, it's for. A OK, I leave it on the side. Leave it wait, on wait, wait, wait. I just want to I want to I had a thing kids, in my mind. I wanted to ask you, you something. Tell right. Kids, I just feel I feel like it's important. There are people have a tendency to sweep the suicide under the rug. In the Haredi community, they never mentioned the suicide. It was like. You know, in the Haredi it, media, they don't even say some case in the Haredi Chayam. media. Oh, okay, which right. Is different Meaning it was like he 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 like he passed away. Yes, no, he didn't pass away. Right, he correct. And 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 we'll leave the Haredi media also fascinating on, yes. on the side. I think we also have a tendency to sometimes yes. you know avoid things that are hard. Correct. And here, I just feel like it's important to acknowledge. Yes. Put it on the he, table. He killed himself. Right. Yeah, well, that's what yeah. I think. That's right. all I'm saying. Yes, he he, and again, there's this, there's this, whatever we have to go into it. But like, just because we're talking about suicide, I will say this, not related to Chaim Walder, but I will say this point, which is people are now sensitive to say that people died by suicide because there are people who who become um, so taken over by depression or other mental health conditions, right? That 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 it's like they they end up dying by suicide when there are people, let's say, who've had multiple I mean, they attempts. become ideated? Is that the word? Yeah, ideated they, they, by they, the... they become so, again, they become so... So again, we come back to this over, issue of balance. We're going to come okay, back to this issue of balance. I, but, Put it on but, the table but, without, without... Right, you exactly. Know, but, like, you know, that, like people who have multiple attempts and they're like, I know and I struggle with it and I try and I, and, and I don't, I know that I don't want to die. But in that moment, it's really hard for me to fight the, the demons in my head. And right, mm. like it's it's really suicide is so complicated, right? It's so so mm. complicated. But the point for this conversation is, please reach out. There is help. There is help available. Let's let's try to to get to people before they go down a path where and 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 and, and the point that you were making, which is so true, is don't be afraid to talk about it. This is one of the really an important things. Is like people think if you mention suicide, you're going to put the idea in their heads. You are not. You are not going to put the idea of suicide into the head of somebody who's not thinking about it. If they're thinking about it, the fact that you've raised it is actually a tremendous relief. And now you're on the path towards helping them. So especially now okay. with, with kids, like they, they know he committed, they, they, they know, they know, they know how Chaim Walter died. 
right? So you raising suicide is not going to raise an idea in your kid's head. You saying to a kid, um, it's nobody else's fault, right? It's not the fault of victims. The job of people who are, who have been um, sexually abused, not the job, that's a terrible way to say it. Um, if, if a person is um, abused, um, what's really most helpful for them is to tell someone, is to share so we can get them help. That's really important. If it happens to you or if it happens to a friend, please tell a safe person. Um, and if you're having any difficulties, please come to me. Please let's talk about it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I want to, I want to, we're going to take a quick break and sort of like take a breather. And uh, when we come back, I want to share uh, a letter and talk about this idea of balance, not in terms of criticism, but trying again, th- I think the issue of balance is something that we're all struggling with specifically in this area. So everybody stay with us. Shalom, this is Rav Johnny Solomon, and I would like to tell you about the services that I provide to men and women around the world. Firstly, if you have a she'ila, a halachic query or a halachic topic you would like to learn more about as it applies to your life, and you feel that you don't have a Rav with whom you can discuss this question, I offer online halachic consultations. Secondly, if you have some theological or spiritual query, or if you're in need of some chizuk, I provide spiritual coaching. And lastly, if you'd like to learn about a particular Torah topic, I offer one-to-one learning. For each of these services, you can book an appointment for a small fee at my website, rabbijohnnysolomon.com, which seamlessly, with the magic of Calendly, then appears in my online calendar. And within a few minutes, you'll receive a message with a Zoom link. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to talking with you. And we're back. Uh, Molly, you shared with me a letter that appeared in the VIN News, a Haredi press in America, the Haredi website in America. You know, it's interesting to note that so much of the changes that are happening in the Haredi world really start in America because Americans are, by definition, I think, less insulated from secular culture, even in the Haredi world. And so they're more sensitive to outside pressures. You shared with me a powerful letter from Rabbi Ron Yitzchak Eisman of Passaic about the Chaim Walder case. So I wanted to sort of share with you, first of all, it's really important for me to say I'm not saying this in any way to be critical of Rav, Rav Eisman. I don't know Rav Eisman. I have tremendous respect for him as a Talmud Chacham and as a community leader and for speaking out. Uh, but, and, and so therefore it's important for me to say that. I'm not afraid to criticize what I think is warranted. I don't think it's warranted here, but I'm concerned about some of the things that he, some of the things that he raised because I feel like in this era of when you when when the community expresses such tremendous trauma and and, you know, and that's exactly what we're experiencing as a community. No, not trauma. Wrong. No, 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 no. I just said something about the oh. podcast. <laughs> okay, I just had a face. I was technically, say technical wrong. issue there. I don't know. I see. Like, okay, right. When community experiences something such tremendous trauma, so then we we tend to respond sort of like in 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 in, in a in a similarly strong fashion. So he said a lot of things that are like he spoke about you know, really beautifully about understanding the victims. And he actually spoke forcefully about throwing away the books of Chaim Walder. And I'm not sure I agree with that. You know, whatever. That's really irrelevant. It's also interesting. I don't know if you noticed, like he doesn't, he stopped using the words Chaim Walder and that was called CW. It's so interesting. That's very interesting. I wonder if that's because there's like, there is this movement of like, let's not put the focus on the perpetrators of, 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 um, 
violent crimes and tragedies and abuse. Let's put the focus where it belongs, which is on the victims, survivors. Yeah. Okay. So he gave a bunch of advice and he said, throw it, throw away the books. Families should review with their children. No one has the right to touch them. Never send your child to a therapist unless you have access to the therapy room, which I, I, I don't know, like you're a therapist. Like don't, don't children also need trust? Isn't part of, especially for child therapy, sometimes kids have trouble with their parents. So can a, can a child really open up to a therapist and be open with them if they think and know that the parent can either be watching them or can always come in and know what's going on? So like, I don't, I don't, I was wondering about that from a therapist's point of view, do, if you agreed with that. But then he said the following, never, okay, we talked about the child, never let your child go into a car with anyone alone. And that's not what you said. That's not the advice that you gave. Never allow your son or daughter to be picked up by the family he or she is babysitting for. So either both parents have to come or you drive them. So now, like, I just remember when, uh, I, mean, I don't have, I, like, we're older, we're beyond the babysitting thing, but let's imagine the scenario. Like, I'm, I, I took my wife out to dinner, and, and now we, we have to take the babysitter home. So I can't take her home, and you can't take her, we both have to take her home. So, so who's watching the kids when we're taking the babysitter home? Like, that, you know, like, so it seems to me like, so we're canceling babysitting, you know, that's, it's, there's something here Never let your daughter and her son go to the front seat with a male or a female. Meaning my daughter cannot go in the front seat with a female driver. Either, you know, I, I don't know. If your child is invited over a sleepover, which nowadays is no longer a good idea, find out if there are older children in the house before you allow your children to go. So again, this is really not to criticize of Eisman. And I, I just feel like we're losing a sense of balance. Kids used to go on sleepovers all the time to, you know, to other families. We, I let my daughter go on sleepovers. Is it like, who's supposed to take the babysitter home? You know, you know what I'm saying? It's a thing. So you want to say the mother. I understand that, like, especially with a man late at night. I, I get that. I get all that. Help me. Find, am, I, am, I over, am I overreacting? Like, where's the middle ground? How are we going to find so a sense of all, I just want to say about this letter from, from Revisenman that I'm just so happy that it came out. Which again, we're not discussing, but I, I still feel like I have to say a word about this because I think it's on everybody's minds, which is how the community responds. And um, I think that this just this letter just highlights how important it is that we have very powerful voices that come out and give very clear, healthy messages, what I believe are healthy messages about sexual abuse and about um, keeping our communities and our children safe. And that's how I read this letter, especially right. because unfortunately we've had voices in the other direction. And right. here in our community, we have Rav Shmuel Eliyahu exactly. and there, there is exactly. a greater awareness. And it's Haredi really, community, much less yeah. so, so but every they will. Letter, they coming. will, somebody will come out. And I, I want to yeah. say that too. Like again, my job here is not to um, defend the Haredi community because I've had a lot of uh, strong feelings as I think we all have in the past, <laughs> past couple of days. Um, and by the way, we within the Dati Lumi community, there have been, we're we're far from perfect and other also less than stellar out. examples yes, we'll just say. came yes, out yes. just came out a case you know and i will say it out loud because we have to know we have to do better you know fight alone community um that everybody they, knew they, it for years it. nobody said anything i said to the community you know this woman should not be allowed in with children she continued and she abused many children so there we have a lot of work to do and therefore i think that our communities and and we see we see the power of when when with strong communal voices come out with unequivocal statements, we see the sea change. Right? We were talking about that, right? When 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 a place like Eichler's that was the that was the turning point in America. America when Eichler said we're not stocking stocking his. So book, I will tell you, I shared with you a sudden, podcast, right? I will tell you, I shared with you a podcast 
last night, very fascinating podcast. Maybe I'll, you, sh- you should all, like, I, if you like Israeli news, it's called Echad Bayom from En Shemisrei. So sometimes they do what's going on in the world, but sometimes if you really want to know, like, deeper, like, going in deeper what's going on in Israel, it's really worth listening to. And this, you know, he had a long interview with this guy named Yair Sherki, who was like the Haredi reporter or yeah. whatever. And he said that the first domino to fall in the Haredi community in Israel was Eichler. Yeah. It's and when Eichler's fell, then Kolberama canceled Chaim Wadler. Wad- mm-hmm. And when Kolberama canceled Chaim Wadler, then, then Yatei De Eman, which is like the, then, you know, but it, it fascinatingly, yes. it all started in America. It's really fascinating. Yeah, so what I'm saying is the, the power of our communal voices. And I remember one of the examples that I saw was somebody who, who's more in the in the world, the Haredi world, was like, you know, innocent until proven guilty. And then one of Shmuel Eliyahu came out and said, put Begonis' books. All of a sudden, it was like, oh, well, if Shmuel Eliyahu said to Begonis' books, I guess I'll be Begonis' books, right? And like, just having, like, like, Chachamim Hizhiru B'tzvarechem is so important here from the negative, like, and, and let's not go to the negative, even though we, maybe we should, and maybe that's an important conversation to have and to just tell people, like, seriously, like, like, I'm not going to even say what some of the messages are that came out because we also don't know what people said and what they didn't say. But like you really, the power of life and death is in your hands, communal leaders. Please use your pulpit for good. I'm begging you. I'm no, it's begging clearly, you. again, in, uh, in saying that, in Rabbi Eisman saying. Right, so I'm saying that. That you should throw out those books. He said they should be trashed. I, I'm, the way right, he said it, that was a statement about. That was a statement about. That was an important statement about. about booksellers, I'm you know, begging you. Use your voice. Um, to be a voice of uh, to to help our communities keep our children, our women, our adults keep everybody safer. I'm begging you. Um, okay, and that also, makes sense. Way, help me with the balance okay. issue. And also, the by the way, the groundswell also has to. I have to say this also because I think it's important because I was having a conversation with somebody who knows a little about the Haredi community, and she said, and I've heard this from more than one person actually, that the the lay people are realizing which messages are are healthy and which messages are not healthy. So I'm not just begging the leaders i'm begging us as a community as lay people to stand up and 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 and, and identify with the messages that that keep our kids safe and keep your own kids see safe. it's interesting rabbi eisman wrote at the very end of his thing if he said with regard to this incident if your children ask why are you throwing out his books answer hashem's given everyone free choice and sometimes hopefully rarely even good people do bad right. things that's the bad time wilder did yes. bad and mm-hmm. we have to remove his books as with everything else we are do so based on the Psak of Gedolei Yisrael. Okay, so... Which is true, except... Right. Which Gedolei Yisrael. Okay, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. I think Haredim are having a big, mm-hmm. a, a really hard time now because, you know, when the Mo'et says, says something pe'echad, then I know what to do. Yeah, but now you're telling me, what I've got to decide which Gadol is right. Uh, that's not what I do. Correct, that's not how we work. Correct. And that's why every community has to figure this out for themselves, which is why I'm making this dual call. One is to the leaders and one is to the communities. Because um, it's it's oh, very the, delicate of the vast hordes of Haredi that listen to our podcast. Anyway, find me balance. Also to ourselves. Wait, am, I, am I right? You, so listen. Am I right I, about I, the babysitting I, thing, or I, you don't I'll, know? I'll I'm, I'm curious. I, I, I'm asking. I, 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 I'll tell you. I, I think that unfortunately we have learned that um, as a community, things that we thought were safe are not as safe as we think they are. The ones that to me stick out the most. Are, do you know when the most dangerous time is for sexual abuse in the in the shot in the I just gave the answer away in the Jewish week? Just guess. Most dangerous May, time. Most like vulnerable I'm, time. I guess Friday nights. 
Okay, that's a good answer, right? Because the kids are out without pikuach. So it's Friday. I, so I, I don't know if Friday night. I got it right. No, it's, it's the answer that I was told. It's Shabbos afternoon when all the parents are taking their naps, right? Because ah, that's okay. more vulnerable for small children, right? Because Friday right. nights, it's only the, 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 the kid, older kids who right, are the out. Small children are out. Small, right, children, small children are out. Right, are, are, are sleeping then. Shabbos afternoon when all the adults are taking their naps is, and what are they told by their parents? Don't wake us up. Right? That is so- Go outside and be quiet. Yeah. Don't come wait. That's a... T- what? Right? Now, again, of course, we all know where that's coming come from. Come on. But, but we, let's think about it. And you know what's an unsafe space? Shuls. How scary is that? Shuls are an unsafe space because the parents are busy. The kids are running around. Um, it's a place that's supposed to feel safe. So predators, and there are a lot of kids there. Predators hang out. Are, they, uns- are, a lot are of kids. they unsafe spaces? Yes. Is the shul meaning? Is, shul, okay. Again, so he, Amali, okay, I'm telling I, my I question, you and you can tell me. You tell my half. question. Yes, yes, yes. Wait, my question is no. Nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine shuls out of ten thousand are safe. And I'm, uh, but, right. But, but, so, but so again, like, you know what else is an unsafe space? I just think like I think like an ishalacha. I'm halachic principle. Okay. Okay. That's I would agree. Then people are taking off their clothes. Okay, fine. Later. You have to be very aware. But I'm talking like okay. shul, like in halacha you have a rule. You have a rule okay, but, of but, like but of a chazaka, sh- and you have a rule of a prevalent okay, chazaka. So how are we going to keep our shuls safe spaces? Wait, wait, wait a second. Let me let me, yeah. let me do the analogy. Like, so say you're not allowed to eat bugs. Okay, so then when you check for bugs, but then you have to you, you can't check every head of lettuce. So you check a sample. And see, then, then basically you have to say, okay, what are the percentages? If the percentage is less than a, than a reasonable you know, feasibility, I've checked a lot and I don't have found any bugs, then you can assume that they're okay. Do you understand what yes. I'm saying? But I think like here we're saying, no, you have to check every single head of lettuce for bugs all the time, always. Right, okay. So Because you always have to worry right. about it. And I don't, that's not I a he, way to live your I life. I agree with you. You have to find the balance. You don't want to keep our kids in terror um, and you don't want to live in terror. So you're so again. How do you how do how do we create safety? So again, the answer is you create safe spaces where the rules in in uh, around what's acceptable and what's not acceptable on a communal level are clear, right? Um, and you teach your children rules of safety. What's okay, right? What's okay for them? What's not okay for them? Um, and after that, I agree with you. You 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 don't. I, I, and I, that's why I'm, I'm not even going to answer your question about. What rules do you every let every community decide for themselves? Again, I'm going to give the caveat of like maybe things are less safe than you think they are. So like, consult let's say with with experts and and learn about dangerous kind of where are more dangerous zones. Then create rules around them. Then teach your kids to follow those rules, and then remind them that you know. I, I would say it a little differently. I would say and, you make and, and, the show a safe place. I don't mean live place. your life in the sense of like go you look, but but like if you have those like you have rules, to live life. Inv- you have, if you to have live those life. rules mm. in place, um, you know, then you th- 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 then like you're doing the best you can. And by the way, I want to make say another point, which is like be careful also not to say to your kids like you must speak out and you must talk because what happens to the kid who freezes, right? And it actually. Mm. You know, is, is can't find their voice, can't find the way to say no, or doesn't know, or it's a game, and it's their peer, and they think they're playing a game, and all of a sudden, um, they find out that maybe I wasn't supposed to be touching 
I didn't even know that it was wrong. I wasn't supposed to be touching him that way. He wasn't supposed to be touching me that way. And and I only know that now because now mommy told me that nobody's supposed to touch me um, in certain areas of my body. But we were playing a game and they thought it was fun. And maybe it wasn't, maybe I didn't find it scary, right? So you also have to tell your kids, if anything like that happens, you can tell me after the fact and that's okay too. And I will always accept you and I will never be angry at you. And I will hmm. never tell you that you did anything wrong, right? And, and, and please come to me so that we can help you. So again... Once you I, give I guess, your kids Molly, my rules, pushback is my pushback let, is yes, my, I agree the desire for a hundred percent safety. You can lock a kid in a, in a bubble in a house too, right? And and we're never going to reach a hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? We right. have to strive for Correct. it. And like you said, create. I think, like you said, institutionally create a framework and Correct. enforce it as an institution. Correct. But then as a communicate the idea. And as a community, teach communities. Correct. Um, but but the, but after that. And teach your you, kids. You need to give freedom to kids to grow with a sense yes. of awareness. Yes. You, you want to teach your child how to cross the street. You never want to teach them Correct. that you can never go into the street. Correct. I, I, I just agree. feel that. So, I don't so know. I'm, not, I'm speaking like from my gut, not as no, a parent. No, no, no. You, you find the rules that speak to you as a parent that, that you think are appropriate to put in place in your community and your institutions. And once you have those rules in place, you trust your kids. You also check in with your kids. You know, you check in. Is your kid very afraid? Maybe your kid's very afraid. Maybe you have created a very fearful child now. And maybe you need to, like, balance that out and remind them that most people are good and that, and that you know. And again, always be that point person for them or always have other point people point people for them that they can trust. If you have questions, please come ask me. If you're not sure whether something was okay, please come talk to me. Right? Just make sure that those lines of dialogue, that the kid has a safety net, that the kid has a safety line. That 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 I think is the most important thing, and then yeah, okay, and then, and then you and then you're right. Like we have to, we can't. What what, what are we going to do? Never let anybody interact with anybody. Teach them about consent. That's another really important conversation to have. You know, how, how, like how do you say yes? And, and, and like <laughs> you're trying to give your whole seminar I know, in like five minutes. Seminar, like, <laughs> you know, safety. Um, but I do, I really do believe it. Like the answer is if we can teach our, it's, it's again, it's like a positive, I have a book in my house. It's like from, from 15 years ago. It's a Haredi book in English about safety and it's really mm. fi- child friendly and it's really not scary and it's on my shelf so that this isn't a scary conversation and it's not an overwhelming conversation. It's just a book about like, oh, okay, these are the kind of, it's like again, the same way you teach your kid how to cross the street and like what red lights are, same thing here. You teach them about secrets and you teach them about their body and it, it, it doesn't have to be, this, what, it's the same way you say, wait, but if I tell a child that they could have a car accident or that they can be hit by a car or that, you know, they have to wear a helmet, they're never going to want to drive a bike, you know, ride a bike again. No, if you, if you convey these things with calm and, um, you know, as part of life and in an appropriate way, and, and as you say, with, with, with balance and with health and with a communication, then it becomes like all other areas of safety. Okay. I think we're going to stop here. We're out of time. Uh, people have questions. They know how to reach Molly. Don't ask me. I don't really know. I want to say as a caveat, again, I sometimes I know I'm aware I come across pretty strongly and I'm, I'm trying to be aware of that. None of what I say is in, in, in any way suggesting that, uh, you know, it's again about Rabbi Eisenman, that he, that he made a mistake even. I wonder about trying to create balance and uh, and all of this is really this conversation was in the interest of trying to find tools for myself and for people who are listening to have conversations and to try to come to some sense of balance in, in our own families. Right. And you know, I want to also point out that we said we, we did not feel I did not feel it was appropriate for us to talk about societal issues and communal issues and, the, and even the world issue itself. I think that's beyond that's not our mandate. It's not what we're here for. You know, it, we're, like. And 
And I think it's important to be sort of careful about that. We get, we get thrown into these Facebook conversations and these long discussions about the ills of society. And we sometimes forget about like the ills of society are on Facebook where our kids need guidance at home. And uh, that's why I think it was important for us not to talk about the larger issues. There are plenty of people who are good at that and are already doing it and will continue to do that. And I, like Molly and I and, and Johnny also felt that this was something that was important for us to discuss and to share with our listeners. Yeah. I just want to, I agree with something. you. I just want to add one thing is that I do think the conversations about the community and how we do better as a community is really important. It's not something that we're choosing to discuss here. Um, but I, 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 I want to just balance what you said by saying, like, first of all, everybody should be having any, all the conversations that they need to be having for themselves, for their families um, and for their communities. But, I, but, but, but and again, and I agree with you that like, you know, Facebook can become a place that's not productive. But I think that like bringing this issue is an issue that the, you know, it thrives in secrecy. It thrives in darkness. Predators thrive on secrecy. That's how they continue abusing. And so it's so important to shed light and to, yes, have these conversations in, in the appropriate ways with the responsible people in the right forums with the right format. So I, that, that's how I would kind of like, you know, respond to your, your last thing, which is to validate everything you're saying, to validate your own feelings about this, to validate that like, yeah, we're all confused. We're all, we don't know the answers. And by the way, that's another thing. Sometimes there aren't, there isn't one right answer. Like, like some of these questions are complex and, and, and like we can, we can make room for that also. Um, but at the same time, to also be working towards having clarity around ha about, about best practices for keeping our kids safe, our families safe, our communities safe, and to, and to, and to do better in our communities. We, our communities have a lot of places where they can do better. And I hope that, that, that this whole Parsha will, will lead to doing better. Okay, let's wrap it up. We'll stop yeah. here. There's obviously, there's a, the conversation needs to continue. Uh, again, if you have comments or questions, Send them to Molly. I'm happy to answer comments, but uh, if you have questions specifically about this issue, and by the Molly's way, set, set, I, you know, I am, I am happy, but I also want to say, like, there are people who like this is their bread and butter. This is what they do all day long. Reach out to those people. You know, like, and I will, I will call, I will say that in Israel, there's an organization called Magain. This is what they do, right? Um, reach out again, and, and every place. If, if if your issue is again, if your issue is sexual abuse, find 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 your sexual abuse hotline. No, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm wrapping it up. I just do want to end this with this. Um, if it's suicide, find your suicide prevention hotline. Find the people in your in your um, social services. They they're out there. Avail yourself of services. Okay, thanks very much, Molly. Well, hopefully, God willing, we'll be back next week with something happier, more upbeat. Controversy, we can all take our teeth into. Uh, until that time, wish all of you well. Have a good week, everyone.